Welcome to Zichud Asiman Member Me'arvam Goldar, and today we're in Sechus Psachim, Daf Mem Tes. So the three topics we're going to focus on. Number one, the second mission on the Daf states, Haholach Lishchot Es Pischot. One is going on the 14th of Nisan, to shecht his carbon Pesach, or to circumcise his son, or to eat at a Sudas Erison at his father-in-law's house. And he remembers he has chametz in his house. Im Yachel Raksar Levar, Raksar Levitzvasel, Yachsar Levar. If he's able to return home, dispose of his chametz, and then go back to the mitzvah, he should return and dispose of it. If not, he should nullify it in his heart. If he's on his way to rescue Jews from an attack by Nachrim, or from a flooding river, from bandits, from a fire, or from a collapsed building, he should nullify the chametz in his heart. However, if he went to establish his makam shvisa for an optional purpose, he should return immediately and dispose of the chametz. Point number two, A man should always be prepared to sell all he owns and marry the daughter of a Tamachachem, or marry off his daughter to a Tamachachem. Such a marriage is analogous to the grapes of a vine with the grapes of another vine, which is something fine and acceptable. Each grape improves the taste of the other. Another Bryson taught that if one cannot marry a Bas Tamachachem, he should marry the daughter of the Gedoliador, which Roshi explains to mean Anshay Maisa of Tzadiki, men of good deeds and righteous people. If he cannot find one, he should marry the daughter of community leaders. If he can't find one, he should marry the daughter of one of the Gabbai Staka. If he can't find one, he should marry the daughter of Melamde Tinokos, Cheda Rebis. But he should not marry the daughter of Anamarts, Mithnesha, and Shekets, because some of my arts are vermin. Their wives are insects, which Roshi explains means they're not careful in mitzvahs. And regarding their daughters, it says, A curse is one who lies with an animal, which Roshi explains means that they lack the understanding that Torah is your life and length of days. And point number three, the Dab brings several teachings about Amay arts and their hatred of Tom for feeling disparaged. It was taught in the Bryce that Rekiva said, When I was in Amarts, I said, Who will give me a Tomachachum that I might bite him like a donkey? His Tommy asked him why he didn't say like a dog instead, which is the animal that typically bites. And he answered, This one referring to a donkey bites strongly and therefore breaks a bone, whereas this one referring to a dog bites but it's not strong enough to break a bone. Another Bryce said, the hatred that Amei Arts feel towards the Talmud Chachem is greater than the hatred the nations of the world feel towards Yisrael. The Shosen, Yosem Ehen, and their wives hate Talmud Chachem even more than they do. Another Bryce taught, Shanu Perish, Yosem Akun, one who has once learned and then departed from its way, hates Talmud Chachem more than all of them do. Rashi explains that they are aware of the low regard that Talmud Chachem have for Amei Arts. So once again, the three points are, number one, the second Mishnah on the Dav states, One is going on the 14th of Nisan to shecht his carbon Pesach or to circumcise his son or to eat at a Sudas Erison at his father-in-law's house. And he remembers he has chametz in his house. If he's able to return home, dispose of his chametz, and then go back to the mitzvah, he should return and dispose of it. If not, he should nullify it in his heart. If he's on his way to rescue Jews from an attack by Nachrim, or from a flooding river, from bandits, from a fire, or from a collapsed building, he should nullify the chametz in his heart. However, if he went to establish his makam shvisa for an optional purpose, he should return immediately and dispose of the chametz. Point number two, A man should always be prepared to sell all he owns and marry the daughter of a Tamachachem, or marry off his daughter to a Tamachachem. Such a marriage is analogous to the grapes of a vine with the grapes of another vine, which is something fine and acceptable. Each grape improves the taste of the other. 
Another Brisa taught that if one cannot marry Bas on the Chacham, he should marry the daughter of the Gedoliador, which Roshi explains to mean Anshe Maisa of Tzadiki, men of good deeds and righteous people. If he cannot find one, he should marry the daughter of community leaders. If he can't find one, he should marry the daughter of one of the Gabai Tzadaka. If he can't find one, he should marry the daughter of Melamde Tinokos, Cheda Rebis. But he should not marry the daughter of Anam Arts, Mifnesha, and Shekets, because Anam Arts are vermin. Their wives are insects, which Rashi explains means they're not careful in mitzvahs. And regarding their daughters, it says, A curse is one who lies with an animal, which Rashi explains means that they lack the understanding that Torah is your life and length of days. And point number three, the Dab brings several teachings about Amay arts and their hatred of Tamil Chachamim for feeling disparaged. It was taught in the Bryce that Rekiva said, When I was in Amay arts, I said, Who will give me a Tamil Chachamim? that it might bite him like a donkey. He's told me to ask him why he didn't say like a dog instead, which is the animal that typically bites. And he answered, Zed This one, referring to a donkey, bites strongly and therefore breaks a bone, whereas this one, referring to a dog, bites, but it's not strong enough to break a bone. Another bite, The hatred that Amei Arts feel towards the Talmud Chacham is greater than the hatred the nations of the world feel towards Israel. The Shosen, Yosemahen, and their wives hate Talmud Chachamim even more than they do. Another Brice taught, Shanu Perish, Yosemakun, one who has once learned and then departed from its way, hates Talmud Chachamim more than all of them do. Rashi explains that they're aware of the low regard that Talmud Chachamim have for Amayaretz. Alright, so now we go to our Simverdaf Mem test, and it's related to the word meat. We use a butcher. A butcher. So here goes. The brilliant butcher, who realized he forgot chametz at home, while on his way to eat at his future father-in-law's house, had sold his entire butcher shop to marry a bus on the Chacham leaving behind his former years as an Amaretz who wanted to bite like a donkey. Once again, it's emotion. The brilliant butcher realized he forgot chametz at home while on his way to eat at his future father-in-law's house, which reminds him of the different halachas for one who leaves his house and forgot he had chametz at home. If he left to perform a mitzvah like to shack the carbon pesach or to eat a sudas erison at his father-in-law's house, if he has time to go back and do beer, he should, otherwise he should be mavat bolibo. If he left to rescue Jews from a dangerous situation, he should just do a bittel. And if he went to establish his makmash visa for an optional purpose, then he should return immediately and dispose of the chametz. So the brilliant butcher realized he forgot chametz at home, while on his way to eat at his future father-in-law's house, had sold his entire butcher shop to bury a bust on the chacham, which reminds him was taught in a bright salom, yimkar adam komash yeshav yisav bust on the chacham. A man should always be prepared to sell all he owns and marry the daughter of a Talmud Chacham, or marry off his daughter to a Talmud Chacham. Such a marriage is analogous to the grapes of vine with the grapes of another one, where each grape improves the taste of the other. We have another Bryce listing the preference for who one should marry if he can't find a Bas Talmud Chacham. So the brilliant butcher, who realized he forgot chametz at home, while on his way to eat at his future father-in-law's house, had sold his entire butcher shop to marry a Bas Talmud Chacham, leaving behind his former years as an Amaretz who wanted to bite like a donkey which reminds of the great degree of sinah that Amei Arts had for Talmud Chachamim and of Rabbi Kiva's recollection that when he was an Amaretz, he wanted to bite Talmud Chachamim like a donkey and break their bones. So once again, the brilliant butcher realized he forgot chametz at home while on his way to eat at his future father-in-law's house, had sold his entire butcher shop to marry a boss Talmud Chacham, leaving behind his former years as an Amaretz who wanted to bite like a donkey. All right, now it's time for a four-block-back chazara. Daf Mem Hay. So the simmer Daf Mem Hay is Monopoly. Monopoly. So here goes. The Daf Yomi Monopoly game. Monopoly? That must mean we're on Daf Mem Hey, Monopoly. The Daf Yomi Monopoly game required the player with a nuzzer piece to avoid landing on the grape skins and seed places, which reminds us, Rav Kana told Rav Ashi that we learn from the Pasuk and the Parsha of Nuzzer that prohibits eating anything made of the grapevine from the seeds of the skins, that that forbidden food combines with the forbidden food even when they're consumed one after the other. 
whereas v'esrehetibibazachas, the forbidden and permitted foods, combine only when they're eaten simultaneously. So the Dalpiomi Monopoly game required the player with the nuzzer piece to avoid landing on the grape skins and seed places, while the player with the bagel piece raced to get enough dough to fill in the crack on the kneading bowl, which reminds us that the next mission states, Batsak Shibasitkeo Reva, leaven dough that's lodged in the cracks of an eating bowl. If there's a kazayas of dough in one place, chayv levar, one must dispose of it. And if there's not, batal ruto, it's null due to its smallness. And the Gemara brings two versions of what Rav Yudah sent in Mishmur regarding where the crack in the bowl was, whether it was in the upper part, where it's not made to hold water, or at the base where it is, and the implications in the lacha for each version. So the Dafyomi Monopoly game required the player with the nuzzer piece to avoid landing on the grape skins and seed places, while the player with the bagel piece raced to get enough dough to fill in the crack on the kneading bowl before it became moldy. Which reminds us that Pasha Ibshal Lofta has become moldy and has become inedible to a person, but a dog is still able to eat it as it hasn't spoiled completely, is subject to tuma as food the size of a kabeza, and if it's truma, it may be burned, even though that it is tahor, together with food which is tummy on Arab Pesach. Rush explains that as long as a dog can eat it, it doesn't lose its status of food. And even Rabbi Yossi on Daf Yadad, who holds that one cannot burn tower truma with tummy truma, would agree here that since it's not fit for humans, one can burn it with the tummy. In the name of Rabbi Nasan, however, they said it's not subject to tuma as food. He holds that food not fit for human consumption does not become tummy. Daf Membav. So the simber Daf Membav is a cow going moo. So here goes. The don't eater and minion seeker who rented cows. Cows? That must mean we're on Daf Membav. The don't eater and minion seeker who rented cows for a four meal journey, which reminds us that four meals is the amount of distance that a don't eater must go to Tovo's customer's tummy kalim. A traveler needs to travel to find a minion and to do Nathil dime, and the amount of time for edible skins to be tanned to lose their status of food and adopting a couple tuma. Now, this is only four meal in front. Traveling in the direction with which one came only requires traveling less than a meal. So the dough eater and minion seeker who rented cows for a four meal journey met someone along the way who couldn't figure out how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach. Which reminds us that there's a three-way malchukz on how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach. Bake, then separate, or put in cold water, or just set aside since it's no longer the owner's dough, but the collective property of the Kohanim. So the dough eater and minion seeker who rented cows for a four-meal journey, met someone along the way who couldn't figure out how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach, and didn't know the chacham behind him could have known his designation of challah. Which reminds us that initially the Gemara says that the point of difference between Rabbi Yezer and Rabbi Yeshua in the mission regarding how to separate challah from tamay dough on Pesach is whether they hold tovas hana mamon. But then the Gemara says that perhaps everybody holds tovas hana in a mamon, and the malchokas is if they hold of hoyo. Rabbi Yezer holds that since he can go to a chacham to annul his designation of challah, it's considered his property even now. And Rabbi Shua does not say hoyo, and therefore it's not considered his property, and therefore he can keep it in his possession. Daf Memzain. So the simmer Daf Memzain is a maze. So here goes. After baking the lechem upon him, Yantav, or Yantav falls on air Shabbos, the Gohanim were given ten days in the maze. Maze? That must be wrong, Daf Memzain. After baking the lechem upon him, Yantav, or Yantav falls on air Shabbos, the Kohanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten, which reminds us, Rabbi asked Rabbi Chisa that if Midr writes that Zarchi Shabbos are done in Yantav, and it's only prohibited Midr why does the baking the Lechem upon him need to occur Erev Yantav if a Yantav falls in Erev Shabbos? Why doesn't it override the prohibitions of Yantav? As we have a rule that the injunction of the Rabbanan, Ashvus, does not apply in the base of Migdash. Rabbi Chisa answered, Shvus Krova, Hitiru, Shvus Rechokalo, they permitted a shvus for an immediate purpose, but they didn't permit it for a distant purpose, meaning for the eating of the lechampani on the subsequent Shabbos. Rav Chista points out that Rav Mishim Gamil disagrees with the Tana of the Brisa and holds shvus for chokanami itiru. 
Ashvus is permitted for a distant purpose as well. So after baking the lechem upanim erev yantav for a yantav that falls in erev Shabbos, the kohanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten to find a shtei lechem not made for them. Which reminds us, Rav Mari challenged Rav Chista from the first part of the Mishnah that teaches that the shtei lechem which are offered on Shavuos are baked erev Shavuos. Rav Mari asked that if tzarchi Shabbos may be prepared on yantav, the yantav yantav mabai. Is there any question that one is permitted to prepare for the needs of yantav on that very yantav? Yet the Mishnah teaches they must be baked the day before. So the Gemara answers that the Lach is different there. Because the puzzle regarding preparing food in Yantav says for you, which teaches that you may prepare food on Yantav only for yourselves, but not for Hashem, meaning the offering. According to Rabbi Shimon Gamal, who said in the name of Rabbi Shimon Benazgan, that baking on the Shtei does override Yantav, the word Lechem is coming to exclude preparing on Yantav for Nachrim. So after baking the Lachem upon the Erev Yantav, for Yantav falls on the Erev Shabbos, the Gohanim were given ten days in the maze before it was eaten, to find the Shtei Lechem not made for them, resting on top of Daraisa, Muksa wood. Which reminds us, the Rabbah holds that Muksa is a Daraisa based on the Pasuk by Yabi Yomashishi, the Echinu Asher Yaviu. On the sixth day, they shall prepare what they bring, and its prohibition is from the Pasuk, Asasa you shall not do any Molach. Rabbah understands that the Pasuk referring to preparation cannot be referring to cooking and baking, since the Torah states elsewhere that they should cook or bake the man. Rather, the Pasuk commands the people to prepare the man by declaring they'll use it on Shabbos. For otherwise, it will be forbidden for use as muksa. Abai goes on to challenge Rabba. Daf Memches. So the sim from Memches is brainiacs. Brainiacs. So here goes. While some brainiacs, brainiacs, that must be more on Daf Memches. While some brainiacs were busy calculating the statistical probability that uninvited guests would arrive, which reminds us, the Rabbi Yezru permits baking the loaves of Tamei dough on Pesach before being Mafish Chala doesn't necessarily hold of Hoyo, like Rabba who holds that one is not high for baking on Yantav for Chol because guests might arrive. Rapapa explains that in Rebbe Lezer's case, at the time of baking the loaves, each one is fit to be eaten by the baker himself. However, he might forbid baking on Yantav for a weekday use, since it's not fit for himself since he's already finished his Yantav meals, and he doesn't apply Hoyo since he has not invited guests and has no reason to anticipate their arrival. So, while some brainiacs were busy calculating that statistical probability that uninvited guests would arrive, to eat their loaves of bread combined in a basket for our fashas challah, which reminds us, Rabbi Ezra says, When one removes baked loaves from an oven and puts them in a basket, the basket combines them in regard to challah. Rabbi Yeshua says, The oven combines them, even if they're not then put in a basket. And Rabbi Shimon Gamaliel says, Babylonian loaves which bite one another, which means that they stick to each other, so when pulled apart, a piece of one remains to the other, that they combine. So while some brainiacs were busy calculating the statistical probability that uninvited guests would arrive to eat their loaves of bread combined in a basket for Harfasha's challah, others observed dough on a table and carefully mapped out the various crack formations, which reminds us, seer, which Rashi says is complete leavened dough, must be burned, but one who eats it is putzah from Kars and Malkus. Siduk, which is dough that is past the seer stage and has cracks in it as a result of chimots, must be burned, and one who eats it is Chayv Karas. Rebuda says, Seer is dough that has developed cracks like Karne Chogavim, like the antennae of locusts, and Siduk is where the cracks interlace with one another. The Chami hold that any dough with cracks is Siduk, and Seer is any dough whose surfaces turn pale, like the face of a person whose hair stands on end because of fright. Alright, now it's time for a pop quiz of 10 questions. Number 1. Which something learned from the prohibition of Nazar not the grapes, grapeskins, or seeds that Isr Isr B'zeh that's on Duff, Memhe. Good. Number two. Which stuff do you learn the value of marrying a bust on the Chacham? That's on Duff. Memtes. Good. Number three. 
Which stuff do we discuss the prohibition of burning leaven on the Mizbeach? That's on Dav. Mem Gimel. Good, number four. Which stuff do you know, one has to travel for a meal to find a minion for Natila Zidime? If one's a don't eater, to total his customers, Tamei Kaling. That's on Dav. Membav. Good number five. Which stuff we have Rebbe Kiva recalling his hatred for Tamnik Chachamim when he was in Amaretz and his desire to bite them like a donkey? That's on Dav. Memtes. Good number six. Which stuff the Rebbe Yezor holds that a basket has been starved Chalos Milchayev them in our freshest Chalos? That's on Dav. Memches. Good number seven. Which of the one the Rebbe learns from Vehechinu Asher Yaviu that Muxa is a Deraisa? That's on Dav. Memzayin. Good. Number eight. Which of the one the Halakhs for whether one who left home and forgot some chametz needs to go back and do beer or if Bittel is enough? That's on Dav. Memtes. Good. Number nine. Which of the one the Rebbe made a holy Rabba of Hoyo regarding baking on Yantav since there's no reason to anticipate the arrival of uninvited guests. That's on Dav. Memches. Good. And number ten. Which of the three three-way Melchokas on how to separate Chala from Tamei though? On Pesach. That's on Duff. Excellent. So that concludes the pop quiz. This is Rabbi Ramgold and Zichu wishing you a great day and great learning.